Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Wannabe Jedi Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. And today, we have a special guest, Nate. Say hi, Nate. Hello. <laughs> I'm Nate. I'm a big Star Wars fan and a longtime listener, and I don't know if I qualify as an old friend of Josh at this point. Well, I don't. I, I, no, I definitely don't. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen Josh. Yes, so. I, I miss you, buddy. I, I really do. <laughs> And I'm so happy and grateful that you're here on the show, and we're uh, talking about Wedge Antilles. So, before we get into that, though, Josh, Nate, how did you guys meet? Nate, you wanna you, go ahead. <laughs> Josh and I were both working at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory last summer. Josh, you were doing some education-related stuff yep. at NASA JPL. Yes. And I was programming the brains of a robot arm that intercepts space trash in Earth orbit and and makes it less deadly. Wait, I, I have a question. Uh, How much stuff. trash is in space orbit right now? Um enough that, <laughs> that you need NASA to build an arm. A lot of money on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can give you a number. Oh, dude, like, I'm oh, not, you know, no, but, no secret, like, you, you don't need to disclose anything. Yeah. I was just, <laughs> I never thought about that. That's very interesting, actually. Yeah, L- let me put it this way. Have you ever seen the movie Gravity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, where, like, all the, like, everything, like, circles the Earth and it crashes and it creates this dust cloud of stuff. That's a real thing. Oh. That's a real possibility. It's called Kessler Syndrome, and uh, there's enough space trash to do that. So... I guess there's your answer to that. Yes. So so what I'm hearing is that Elon Musk needs to find a way to get rid of that too if we're going to go to Mars. Possibly. If you're talking about just amount of things floating around in orbit, Elon Musk is adding to that right now. And a lot of <laughs> astronomers are complaining that his satellites are getting in the way. So to them, I guess it's more space trash rather than less. But I don't know. He's just having fun, you know? He's just having a good time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no. anyhow, uh, <laughs> before we get started, <laughs> before we get started on our episode with Wedge and Tillies, this is a new segment we're bringing to season two, and we thought, what better way than to start it off with a guest? We're calling it Random Star Wars Thought. So this is just kind of something that Josh and I think of if we have a random thought and we want to talk about during the episode. We will do so. And so I'm going to start us off today with a random thought, which is, if you guys remember from the Clone Wars and the episode where Rex gets hurt and is seeks shelter where the deserter cut is, do you guys remember that episode? Oh, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. the deserter has his own family. Right? Yes, yes. yes. He has, uh, yeah. tw- he's married to a Twi'lek, Twi'lek, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so my kind of like thought or question is do you think that he still has his chip in and do you think that rex went back to him after leaving ahsoka at the end of the clone wars to like seek shelter or figure out how to like stay hidden ah that's tough that's That's tough i was like I was watching this episode with my wife, and so that's why I like started thinking about this like literally about an hour before we started recording. So yeah, I needed to ask this. You asked two questions. Yes. I have an answer for both. So when we discover it's Fives that, that has the chip, right? 
Yes. The, okay, the malfunction so in the chip, and that's how it's discovered. The yeah. malfunction. Good soldiers follow orders, right? Oof. You know, that, that's something that gets very easily hidden. And I would wager a guess that that's not the first time that that's ever happened. But the reason that it developed as far as it did, all the way up to the Chancellor with Fives, was that there was people there supporting him and were close to him and could, you know, know the difference between him acting normally and him acting the way he was because of some outside force. And I think because the deserter has a family that would be so close to him, they definitely notice that something might go wrong. Whether or not they have ability to perform brain surgery on a backwater world, <laughs> that's another thing. But I think that there, there would definitely be identification of the chip. Going off of that, do you think that Rex was like, hey, there's this chip in us that it makes us crazy, like that one wants us to kill like the generals. And like, I wonder if they had that conversation, if they met up, you know? No. Yeah. And th that, that goes yeah. to your second question. Yeah. If I was Rex, he would definitely be in like the first five people I would visit along with, you know, like uh, Wolf and, you know, Gregor. Yeah. No, that's that's somewhere I would go. Yeah, because yeah. they obviously avoided, and granted, at that point, he was a wanted fugitive, but no one knew because everyone, unfortunately, died that was in the 501st that was on that ship. So no one would know that he was a deserter. So he could technically, I guess, sneak back. And I think, Josh, you and I discussed this previously. Yeah. But it, it got me thinking with this episode, what if we were wrong? And instead of him going to Coruscant to like try to investigate or anything... What if he just yeah. said, I'm going to go on the run and I I'm getting as far away from the then Empire or now Empire? We, yeah, since we talked about it at the conclusion of the Clone Wars series, I have been thinking about it for the past you know couple months. And yeah, I think that probably Rex was, he tried to find, like Nate said, top five people, you know, Gregor and Wolf and the deserted clone yeah definitely i think those would be the top people that he would go and try to to find just because yeah i mean that's what we as we see in rebels he did find gregor and he and wolf and he lived they lived on a uh at they were going they were going a little so. little cuckoo too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not wrong yeah, but, but yeah yeah i i definitely don't think that they picked that world i think that they were kind of forced there in in circumstance because, uh, mm -hmm. or maybe they were trying to hide, you know, like, you know, Dagobah is not exactly a glamorous place, but it's a good place to hide, you know? So I, I, yeah. I understand kind of the rationale behind that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Also, I want to add in a little note to Dagobah that it's very force rich. That's why. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, that's why True. Yoda was was sent there. He he learned how to become a force ghost. Yeah. Well, there, that, so. that was my <laughs> random Star Wars thought of the day. Okay. I just... Spur of the moment kind of thing, but I'm glad we, uh, we're introducing this series. Now, yeah, kind of tailoring it back to Wedge Antilles and the person we're talking about today. Nate, we asked you what character you'd want to be on for, and you said Wedge. Why is that? I said Wedge because Wedge is a jumping-off point for so many topics of conversation. Wedge Antilles is the focal point for some great old Star Wars video games that many people might not know about. Wedge Antilles is, I think, the only non-major you know, major character to show up in all three of the original trilogy films. Because he's, he's at yep, the Battle of Yavin, the Battle of Hoth, the Battle of Endor. He's the only pilot to survive both Death Stars. As, as an aside, in, in old, what, what's now called Legends canon, 
like in World War II, uh, pilots would paint, you know, symbols on the side of their airplanes for the other planes that they shot down. And in Star Wars, pilots would do this. Wedge Antilles started having to have each TIE fighter he painted on the side of his X-Wing equal to 12 TIE fighters. And then eventually to 144 TIE fighters each because he did not have enough room on his X-Wing to paint as the kills he shot down. Yeah. Anyway, Wedge Antilles is... The source of my most controversial Star Wars opinion, and I suppose I can talk about that in a little bit. Ooh, is yeah. it? Uh, wait, I'm gonna guess. Do you think he's the hero of the rebellion? No. Oh, I do. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you are darn close with that. Ooh. But uh, most importantly for me, Wedge Antilles is like a symbol of one of Star Wars's most present, important themes. Right. So. Star Wars is, is you know, the ultimate battle between good and evil, and good is fighting for freedom, and evil is fighting for tyranny and all of this sort of stuff. But attached to freedom, and a symbol for freedom, is always flight. The good guys always fly against the enemies. They always make these last-ditch attempts to blow up the Death Star in space and, and all this sort of stuff. And it's always a theme for freedom. So much so that... In Phantom Menace, little boy Anakin, <laughs> nine-year-old Anakin, he doesn't tell Padme, oh, you know, one day I'm not going to be a slave anymore. He says, I'm a pilot, and one day I'm going to fly away from this place. Big symbol of freedom. That's synonymous. Yeah, it's a symbol of freedom. In A New Hope, Luke looks off into the sky, you know, off of the moisture farm. And then in The Force Awakens, Rey looks at the ship taking off from Jakku. So it's, it's a big deal. And Wedge is the pilot's pilot. He's like the symbol for all of the pilots fighting for freedom and flying for freedom. And so that's that's why I, I really like everything about him. So I, I mean, I can't argue that. I actually gotcha. feel like we could end the episode there and, and we'd be good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, after after I, I ramble for three minutes and barely let you talk. No, but, uh, no, no, no. That, that is, uh, I completely agree with everything you said there. The only thing I will add is that he is the hero of the rebellion and i'm gonna start out with this right away i think i've mentioned this multiple times he saves luke's life mm -hmm. in episode four when he was mm -hmm. luke was most likely going to get shot down and then luke mm -hmm. ends up blowing up the death star therefore yep he saves the rebellion yes he is also the mm -hmm. only pilot in the battle of hoth to take down an atat besides luke but luke did do it while flying he cheats. Luke cheats. Let's be real. <laughs> he takes out his lightsaber, slashes the bottom, throws a detonator in and goes. Yep. When Luke's gunner, Dak, dies, the first person he calls is Wedge Antilles. Wedge would be Luke's first pick on the dodgeball team. So that's another, you know, kind of strong point for him. He's the only guy who takes out an ATAT. In current mm -hmm. canon, in Legends canon, there's there's one more. But anyway. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. But we can't just end it there, even though as much as I would, I would love to. <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about where Wedge appears. Josh yeah. and Nate, you guys know, the very first time he appears, and I'm going to go by release date order, not about chronological. The very first release is, like you said, episode four, A New Hope. We mm -hmm. also see him in Empire Strikes Back and mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi. We see him, before we see him in The Rise of Skywalker, we do see him in Rebels. And actually, I kind of like that the most. I do I do really like the Rebels aspect of it. I'm also a sucker for the Rebels. 
Yes, Matt loves <laughs> yeah. Rebels. I, I do. Yeah, I've, I've been listening. I, I've heard <laughs> <laughs> we also see him in Squadrons. Yes, and that's that's another thing I wanted to talk about because it comes out what like two weeks right a week and a half no it comes yeah. in a, a actually comes out almost in a week a week from tomorrow when we're recording this when we're recording yes. this, yeah you for your padawans out there <laughs> i am so excited for squadrons because my favorite star wars video game growing up and probably my my favorite still is called star wars rogue squadron yep and it is a it is a flying game that came out for nintendo 64 and on pc i'm not paid to say this it's on steam and it's usually under 10 dollars for those listeners who are star wars games enthusiasts and it's super fun it is it is <laughs> it's such a good game uh it's up there with in in terms of old school star wars games it's up there with probably knights of the old republic and mm-hmm. i'd say the original star wars battlefront 2 i'd say that Yep. That those three are like the pinnacle must-play games for Star Wars fans out there. Yeah. And on record, I want to say Nate does join us for Battlefront 2. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, yes. I have yet to play with Nate on my team. Oh, we're, I'm keeping Nate and on yeah, my team. He's, he's just... pretty good. <laughs> we, we have some good uh, sniper battles, and, and I can appreciate that. Matt, you are most definitely the victor in most of those. <laughs> I think the only place I excel in is the space battles, and that's because I spent like all of the hours in my childhood playing Rogue Squadron. You and Ian just go out and bomb, oh and you, you destroy the whole ship. It, it gets frustrating so. <laughs> because Josh is usually there for support, and so I'm just like, I, I'm trying to take you guys out, and then Josh is on my tail, so it's just like, a, I, I need a wedge to get Josh off my back kind of thing. <laughs> yep. yep. What, am I Darth Vader, or am I like the, the two TIE fighters behind I, I like Darth Vader? I like to think that you're like one of the TIE fighters. I, I like to think that you're the one that crashes into the other TIE fighter. I hope that that's the way it goes, but most of the time, you're, you're, you're Vader. Oof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But then I do, I go, spinning is a good trick. Or not. Doesn't <laughs> like, really work out. <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot oh, to mention man. too? Um, his name is called out, Wedge, sorry, going back to Wedge here. His name is called out in Rogue One as well. His call sign. It is? Wedge. His call sign. Oh, yeah, because it's red too. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. he's actually the one that also says, attention all flight personnel, please report to your commanders immediately. Uh, we've been redirected to Scarif. No way. He's really? the one that says it. Yep, oh. he was officially given oh, the I credit. Didn't know that. I don't know if it was uh, Dennis Lawson yeah. who actually said it, but he's been credited Wedge being the one telling people to redirect to Scarif. While we're talking about Dennis Lawson, do you know who Dennis Lawson is related to in Star Wars? Yes, I do. Matt, do you Josh told me this? about 10 minutes before we started recording, and I, I didn't believe it. So, Josh, please do tell. I mean, Nate, if you want to go ahead and tell everybody. Unless I am completely misremembering this, he's actually the uncle of Ewan McGregor. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea about this. That blew my mind. Do you think, obviously, Ewan was known in, in Hollywood. Acting. Yeah, previous yeah. to the prequels. The casting But do you think that, that influenced, because he already had that connection kind of with George? Do you think that played a role slightly in in him getting the part? Personally, I think it probably played a little bit of a role, but I know Ewan joined acting because he saw his uncle play Wedge Antilles in Star Wars. So that kind of like sparked him as a kid to join this whole career 
and look at where he is now. I mean, he. I, I want to see him in the Kenobi series very soon. So <laughs> which you I know, know Matt what that means. Want, but. He's the savior of the prequels too. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge Antilles is Star Wars. There we go. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the... I just know that little quick fact about Wedge, and I know it's it's just crazy. Like, just hearing that for the first time, I don't know. I was probably like a really, I was a, a kid right after Revenge of the Sith came out, and it was just interesting to hear that. Though that was a quick fact about yeah. Ewan and Dennis. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, actually, getting into the storyline of Wedge, now we're gonna go in chronological order. And yeah. the very first time we meet Wedge is when he is being recruited to the Rebellion while he serves in the Academy for the Empire. The Sky Strike Academy. Yes. By Sabine. Yep. By Sabine. Sabine. Yep. But that's actually not who technically recruited him. Sabine was the one who rescued. Yes. Yes. Who was it? Antilles, and you had Hobby, and then another person, uh, Rake, who I believe did not make it. Yeah, yes. Rake didn't yeah. make it. This is a very interesting kind of setup because in old canon, Wedge was not in the Imperial Navy before joining the Rebellion. But Biggs, Luke's friend who, mm-hmm. who died at the Death Star, he jumped ship with Hobby. And so I, I, I kind of like the direction they're taking. Yeah, it. yeah. I, I'm a big yeah. fan of it. But do you know who actually recruited initially? Is it Hera? Nope, it is Agent Callus under uh, the rebel informant known oh, as Fulcrum. Fulcrum. He was the one yeah. who originally recruited. And for those of you that don't know, um, they were being recruited because the Empire basically massacred a bunch of the re- rebel pilots, and the Empire far outclassed uh, the rebels in terms of good pilots. So they were trying to identify potential rebel cells that they could use within the different academies, and Wedge and Hobby and Rake were a part of that. Yeah, that was a good episode. That was one of my favorite arcs. It was a little weird because you saw it. At first, I was like, that's not the wedge that I kind of knew. But then as you That's like, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> but then you kind of like develop and you're like, holy cow, this is pretty cool to see how he's he's developing. Um, and he's a little cocky, actually. Yeah. He's yeah. a little cocky. Yeah. And, and when I look in, I, I just think of episode four, A New Hope. Obviously... He has those slick moves with shooting down that TIE fighter. But then he bails on Luke super fast during the trench (laughs) run. So it's like a vastly different type of personality in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. True. I hate bringing this up again, but in old canon, he actually, in some books, has like immense guilt about leaving Luke at the Death Star. (laughs) But he basically comes to the conclusion, because they hit his engine, is what they clarified in old canon. That he, mm-hmm. you know, he wouldn't be able to keep up pace with Luke and Biggs, so he was dead anyway. And he knew it, and Luke knew it. And I think at some point he comes to terms with that. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely very different, like Matt said, you know, over that period of time, how how he changed. I feel like he might have come to terms with that when he, you know, was the one that was blowing up Death Star Two. I would be like, yeah, I think we're even <laughs> now. You know, <laughs> I yeah. mean, thinking about yeah, like Red right as Nate, as you said that, I was thinking. He did a lot more damage when he survived because, again, he blew up the AT-AT on Hoth. You know, the AT-AT could have, I mean, they, they lost Echo Base uh, on Hoth anyways, but the transport got away. <laughs> I'm going to make some puns. <laughs> but the, tra- the first transport got away. Oh, first and- transport is away. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, <laughs> my, my so. high school history teacher used to go, the first transport is away. 
after the first person handed in the uh, their their test at the end. Of the That's amazing. That was almost that always me uh, for history. For some reason, history just clicked for me, and I would always end up turning in my exam first, partially because I just like to go on my phone, so I'd be able to go on my phone immediately after for the most part so i was like rushing to get mm. all the answers down so i could be back on my phone sorry side note but keep going no yeah but yeah. If, but <laughs> yeah i was just thinking that he did a lot more damage surviving instead of instead of dying yeah. on the on the first death star so but you know who did die <laughs> that was a terrible transition i apologize <laughs> but do you know who did that so he i do know who did yeah die. so during like some of his like first mi- missions in the Alliance, uh, after it became the Alliance, not just the Rebel Squadron, but when it fully became part of the Alliance, he became really good friends with Biggs and Porkins. <laughs> so his good friends yes, both died. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, poor Porkins. I know. Poor, I, poor Porkins. I, I, I was thinking that video I sent Matt, or I sent to actually, I sent it to <laughs> our our, uh, our chat. I think it was a Battlefront chat, and I don't know if you watched it, Nate, but it's like this guy dressing as Porkins and like he's Porkins Jr. It's it's a it's a funny video. Uh, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. If you type in Porkins Jr., you you'll be able to find it on YouTube, uh, listener out there. I, I'll definitely check that out. I mean Porkins Porkins is I, we have to save that know, for the Porkins episode. We'll save it for the Porkins. You know, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll save it for the Porkins episode. I I like Porkins. I like Porkins. He was he's a good pilot. He just just an unfortunate name. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh I his first unfortunately, name unfortunately oh go yeah. ahead sorry well no I'm just saying his first name I mean Jet's dear to me but it's Jack right J E K yeah so yeah Jack um <laughs> I mean it's not like the, the weirdest first name in Star Wars Grand Moff Tarkin's first name is Wilhelm so <laughs> yeah that that's true <laughs> good point um, we have but, a hard uh, time saying that word so I'm just impressed by you yeah <laughs> you completing and saying his name correctly <laughs> I love the way that they're taking Wedge and I love that they're they're bringing in some stuff from old canon I love that they brought in Thrawn but that's a whole other thing in old canon the the Imperials have control of this planet called Thyphera which produces all of the Bacta in the galaxy. And if you're familiar with Star Wars, you know that Bacta is like the band-aid for everything. <laughs> the Bacta tank. <laughs> the Bacta tank is like, oh, you got attacked by a Wampa? Take a swim in this stuff. You'll be fine. Or or if it's Battlefront, you just throw it on the ground and it heals you. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, so the Empire has taken over Thayfera, and I can't remember if they're like controlling the Bacta or poisoning it or something. And Wedge is like, hey, New Republic, we should go take Thyphera. And the New Republic's like, no, we just took Coruscant for the first time. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll deal with that later. And Wedge is like, mm, I'm going to handle this myself. So like him and like eight of his friends liberate the entire planet of Thyphera and steal a Super Star Destroyer. Like a, a full executor class Super Star Destroyer. And they go back to the New Republic and the New Republic is like, oh, well, we can't discipline you for this. All right, what do you want? And we'll we'll exchange whatever you want in like in return for like you know you claiming that this was like a new republic sanctioned operation, so we don't like lose face or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Wedge is like, I'll give up command of Rogue Squadron. It'll go to my friend Tycho Chelchu. That's another thing. And I want a squadron that is completely made of misfits, 
and we'll do whatever we want and we'll operate outside the, the bounds of the New Republic. And the New Republic's like, okay. So Wedge forms this thing called Wraith Squadron. W-R-A-I-T-H, Wraith Squadron. And it's like a bunch of people who washed out of flight school and Wedge like takes them and they become like a super secret stealth awesome squadron of pilots. This is a long way of saying that they're bringing that back uh, in one of the newer books, mm-hmm. Wedge starts a thing called Phantom yep, Squadron. I was just about to get into that. <laughs> basically the same thing. And I really want that to be an aspect in Star Wars Squadrons, which, you know, is coming out as a video game. I want to fly in Phantom Squadron. You know? I, I really believe that that is where we're going with it. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about was post-Episode yeah. 6. Because everyone knows Wedge up until about Episode 6. Um, he does form what is called, and, and, and you said it, phantom squadron um yes. and his rival is ray sloan admiral ray sloan and we've seen sloan in the trailer and we've seen antilles wedge mm-hmm. in the trailer so there's yeah. there's a good chance in this upcoming squadrons game that we're gonna get kind of that that duel that battle we obviously know wedge does make it out alive because we see him at the end of rise of skywalker but it, it yeah. is very interesting, and I hope that they're kind of similar to. I I, I kind of want, you know, Bad Batch. We're mm-hmm. we're getting that series. Imagine if yep. we got a. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say it because he is the hero of the rebellion, a Phantom Squadron <laughs> TV show. I would love that. I just I personally, love that. I'd love that in any format. I would I I would like it as a as a as a live action or an animated anything. You can do so much with that because It would be like a Black Ops is... kind of style group. Mm-hmm. Um what what if they just kept it a uh, video game and they kept it making like squadrons and then what if they had their own their whole own game dedicated to Wedge? I don't know. Like maybe would you rather see a game or a live action. I kind of would prefer um, a TV show. What about you? Personally, okay, so it's been so long since I've played Rogue Squadron. I played it last night. But it's been <laughs> yeah. so long since I it's really... It's been a whole 24 like, hours. Into, it's been a whole 24 hours. Um, but it's been so long since I've had that new experience of picking up a controller and flying an X-Wing as a kid for the first time. I'm hoping that that's what Squadrons delivers. And if it delivers on that, I'll ask for it again. And I'll put that over a TV show. If Squadrons is kind of meh, then yeah, I'd say, you know, I'd like a TV show over that. But Yeah. I understand. I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for Squadrons. I mean, obviously at this point, when, when you, the listener out there, is listening to this, Squadrons will be out and you'll probably hear from us on how we feel about the game. So these opinions might be completely different by the time we're actually listening. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to say, because it's EA, and I've said this multiple times, because it's EA, I'm going to say that TV show is going to be the way to go because I just feel like there's going to be something that's going to go wrong, but I hope there isn't. I mean, as long as, like I said in the past, that I've been I've been with Battlefront 2, the 2017 version, since the very beginning. And they made up for it, but I was there when everybody was backing out of their pre-orders. And I hope, again, it's in a week. And the, about two days before it was released, people were backing out. So as long as we're good two days before, then I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> yep. No, I, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll, because it's sort of flown in, pun, pun not intended, <laughs> under the radar, like this game. Yeah. If you yeah. ask uh, you know, a fan of Battlefront, what they think about squadrons you might not you know they might not know what you're talking about because at least for me i haven't seen much ads 
for it. So yeah, they they haven't done a lot of like you said. Yeah, they haven't done a, thinking about it. Yeah, they haven't done a lot of ads about squadrons. But I know people are in, like they have the the single player and then the multiplayer aspect. I know a lot of people are are excited for the single player aspect and. I'm going to be honest, I'm more excited for the multiplayer. I'm excited to get in a squad with with you two and and two others. (laughs) Two others? Is it it, it 5v5, correct? Yeah, 5v5. And and get two of some of our other friends, Ricky, and and some of of our other friends along the way for uh, some some good flying fun. And and this time, I won't have Josh attacking me, but I can can help support him. Maybe I'll be his wedge this time. Yeah, Yeah. I will. uh, I'll definitely be in an interceptor. And yes. uh, definitely <laughs> gonna be going ham with this game. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so excited! <sighs> we're getting we're getting a little we're getting a little off track here, so yeah. we're gonna reel it back in a little bit. After so, Squadrons takes place. I'm I'm really hoping that they maybe have an explanation for where the hell Wedge is during Force Awakens. So because I have a little something. He was away on uh, a trip, just like uh, uh, undercover, like Lando. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, I I do have a little something on that. So after okay. Squadrons, post post that he ends up befriending the Wexleys, and if you guys recall, Snap Wexley is a uh, a fly a, a a pilot in the Resistance. Yeah, he attacks Starkiller Base yes. with the uh... yes. Yeah. He helps out on Starkiller Base. He met the wexleys around the same time that he wanted to or that he created phantom squadron and they kind of became friends they they really became friends during the uh liberating kashik because that's when antilles and wexley kind of became friends but snap wexley wasn't the one that antilles met it was nor wexley which is snap's mom i believe uh-huh isn't there a similar connection with Poe Dameron? Like Poe's mom was in, was a pilot in the rebellion. Poe Poe or... grew up next to uh, Yavin 4's uh, force tree, I think it was, and then decided to run spite. That's a whole thing that I'm still upset about. <laughs> I, my question is, did Wedge and Poe meet? So before we get to that, there was a rumored affair between Wedge and Nora Wexley. So Snap, Snap is not Snap Wexley's real name. It's uh, Temin. Temin called Wedge dad and got upset about it and ran off, which is why Wedge decided to not help him go along into the New Republic and the Resistance, but instead opted to be Phantom Squadron and, and kind of do his own thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that, that's it. That's... That's really interesting. I don't think that anything less than a personal connection like that would really convince me that Wedge Antilles, the hero of the rebellion, would kind of turn his back on it. Mm-hmm. But well, it's like um, it. I I don't know if it's necessarily an affair, but Snap believed that Wedge and Nora had developed romantic feelings, so I think that that's why Wedge st- uh stepped away, because Wedge up until that point, after uh, the Battle of Jakku, the first Battle of Jakku, I should say and the phantom squadron helped out with that helped out with that he actually like established a flight academy for the resistance and josh you did call it out wedge did teach poe aha yes 
He you did. Can't, you can't, uh, the listeners out there, you can't see me, but my hands are just shut up like uh, in excitement. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that appeared in Aftermath. Oh, and okay. Resistance Reborn is kind of when we, we get those appearances and, and where we get this information from. Cool, cool. I, got, I really have to catch up on, on the latest books and everything. Well, there's like Aftermath has what three, three different yeah. books to it: Aftermath, Aftermath, Life Debt, and Aftermath: Empire's End. Yeah. So I think that this is where a, a lot of the listeners out there, like you, maybe are are missing some of these parts, especially when it comes to Wedge. Because um, yeah. Wedge, you wouldn't think is that major of a character, but then we we clearly see that he is way more involved. He ended up training poe for crying out loud like so that yeah. that's where poe's wittiness i guess comes from yeah or like his yeah. like his fly fly boys yeah comes, which leads me to a question uh-huh who's better poe or wedge oh see now we're approaching mm. my most controversial star wars opinion <laughs> oh <laughs> Ooh. uh wedge Hit is better with than poe wedge is better than poe and i say this because my most controversial star wars opinion is that if Wedge Antilles were in an X-Wing and Luke Skywalker were in an X-Wing and they, for some reason, were fighting, Wedge would take Luke Skywalker. You think so? And I if agree. Wedge takes Luke Skywalker, Wedge takes Poe Dameron. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And that's because, you know, Wedge saves Luke at the Death Star. Luke is not able to handle this TIE fighter on his tail. And Wedge is like, ah, whatever, I'll take it out. And like that's that shot of him shooting the TIE fighter and then like going through the debris cloud, like one of the slickest shots in Star Wars, old version oh, yeah. and new. I love it to death. So, I, I think that that's why or how Wedge got his nickname too is not like that's probably a maneuver that he's done multiple times where he, pun intended, wedges himself through <laughs> the debris. In, in essence. Yeah. So I, I think that that's probably where he gets his nickname from. Unfortunately, I did look for this leading up to this episode. I could not find anything on how he got his nickname. I Even though, it, I mean, Wedge is his actual name, but, like, everyone kind of treats it like a nickname, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I think that everyone kind of, like, referred to Wedge as a nickname. It still feels like a nickname to me because he could, you know, wedge through those spaces after after creating those tiny holes of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing with pilots. You know, they have these call signs that, you know, it, it's a really short way to refer to someone that you're flying with. And so I would not be at all surprised if that was kind of leaned on by his compatriots uh, to yeah. refer to him. Um, well, so, so yeah, I Wedge definitely takes Poe, in my opinion. I think, I don't know, I've been thinking about it while, while you guys have been chatting. And I just, I, I, I know it's, I, I know it's Wedge. And I know, and I want to justify why Poe would win over Wedge, but I just can't because, I mean, I probably have some bias. You know, I'm taking a research methods class and I have bias. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, indeed. So, I, Josh, I think it's like a recency bias thing. Yeah. I, because I mean, we saw Poe do some pretty crazy stuff in Force Awakens and then in. The Last Jedi, we also see him take on a Dreadnought basically solo, effectively mm-hmm. solo, yep. um, and win the day on that, and do a really cool maneuver. Yeah. Oh, when he but, like banks his X-Wing back around? Yeah. yeah, where he swings the X-Wing back around. So I think that there's a lot of recency bias with it, but 
when you take into account that Antilles headed up the flight academy for the New Republic, I just gotta believe that Wedge in Prime Wedge before before you know Wedge aged, I think would take on and and I I would almost call it a toss up between him and Poe. I'll say this for Poe in support of of it being a closer to a toss up. In The Force Awakens, there's a absolutely beautiful shot where Finn is running along the ground and you can see an X-Wing start to take out some TIE fighters in the background and then there's another and another and another and it gets to like nine in a row and that X-Wing takes like a low pass over and Finn yells, yeah, that's one hell of a pilot and it's Poe. That rivals, I think, the, the, you know, flying through the debris cloud of the TIE fighter in in A New Hope. I, I really love that sequence and i think it's a good testament to poe's piloting skill as well so. yeah that's why I'm, like i was thinking about the last jedi when he was going against the dreadnought that scene uh, in the force awakens when they're on takodana and poe comes back even though originally i thought he he died on uh, jakku but <laughs> um yeah i i don't know i i just feel like my heart has to go with wedge and tilly's but again We'll yeah. leave it up to you, the listener. So, yeah, let us know out there. Uh, we'll we'll put out a poll on probably the day after the episode releases or this episode releases. Just asking if you would pick Wedge or Poe to to win in a one v one. I'm gonna go with Wedge though. Anyhow, that pretty much concludes everything that I have to talk about. I don't know about you guys. If if there's anything else, I do have like one final note, but it's not really relevant to Wedge in character but wedge behind the scenes so uh I, yeah i think i'm i'm good i think i got a couple points in for wedge and and uh yeah i think we're ready to move on those last points nate do you got anything else that you want to say no i had like one minor bit of trivia about another behind the scenes thing and i'm wondering if it's the same thing as as matt it, it doesn't have to do with fake wedge it has to do with fake wedge. Fake wedge. And so that's, that's impossible, what we're going to bring Even up. for a computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there is a scene right. which technically, from a certain point of view, the, the short story <laughs> collection. No, no. This is from the, this is from the actual short story collection. Okay. They established fake wedge as a different character. Oh. But for uh, us originals out there, fake wedge so in the scene when they are discussing the death star plans um right before the battle of of yavin and fake wedge is the one that nate do you want to say it again that's impossible even for a computer and then luke whispers over to him it's like uh what's it called womp rats womp rats yes i used to bullseye womp rats from that you know like can't be like that side. It's I'm not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats in my yes. 16 back home. They're not. <laughs> thank you. Thank meters. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. We need a we're, Nate. You're gonna come back every single time I butcher a line. <laughs> uh, just, we're just gonna have you voice over real yeah. fast to correct. You know what? <laughs> just just, uh, just call me any any time any time. <laughs> but so originally that was Wedge played by a different actor named colin higgins apparently higgins was used to like rehearsal periods in television acting and couldn't really uh, memorize his lines for film and so he became like really nervous and so like after one day of shooting and struggling to film like the scene he was in he was fired wow and dennis stepped in yeah so 
<laughs> Unfortunately, that fake wedge scene is like the only time we see it in there is because he literally got fired after that scene. Oof. That's a that's a yeah. that's yeah. a big oof. All because he couldn't say that's impossible even for a computer. I mean, um, we could have hired Nate to do <laughs> Nate, you could have been hired for it. <laughs> My lifelong dream has been to like be a rebel pilot in one of the Star Wars movies. Just like two seconds of me flying an X-wing in the cockpit and like getting shot down—that would be great. Like oh, Red so you'd, Five you'd and be Rogue Porkins. One. <laughs> Porkins, oh, Porkins, or Red, Red Five. Five, Red Five in in Rogue One, where they're like, "Red Five, where are you?" And he's like, "This is Red Five. I'm in trouble." And then he dies. Um, yeah, then he died instantly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, oh. I would, I would pay so much money to just be a random rebel pilot in like an episode of the Mandalorian or one of the anthology films or anything. Okay. We, we uh, got to get cool. Nate's dream. We got to get Nate's dream fulfilled. Uh, Josh, well, you, I, I can act, pretend. I, we're still trying to achieve your out. dream. J- Josh, we're still trying to achieve your dream of being Mark Hamill's best friend. Oh, okay? that's true. A hundred percent at a time. <laughs> you know what? He lives in LA area, you know, <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. <laughs> but Anyhow, that's everything that I have, and that's everything that you guys both had. Nate, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I had a lot of fun with this. I hope we can do it again soon, Yeah. and hopefully we can continue to have some good Star Wars battles in Battlefront 2. And in Squadrons. Uh, And And in Squadrons. Yes, true. I'm super excited, gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Another thing to get excited about, Josh, who are we talking about next week? We are talking about Mother Talzin. So, Matt, that's wow. one of your favorite characters. That is. I, I love the Night Sisters and the just new characters that it brought to Star Wars and, and through the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. A big, big fan. The Night Sisters are, are really big in like that gray area of the Force that can be yeah. like really mysterious and cool. Man, I, I'm really jealous that I'm not on next week. But um, <laughs> we just bring it back permanently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. You know, it'll be it'll be really fun to listen to. I'm sure. Yeah. But anyhow, until then, <laughs> make sure to check us out on social media at Wannabe Jedi Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Wannabe Jedi Cast on Twitter. Go to our website, wannabejedipodcast.com, and drop a rating and review, please, if you like this episode just as much as we did. We will see you guys all next week. Take care, everyone. May the force be with you all. Bye.